Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, here we are. We have been around the world almost uh, since we have spoken to you last. It really was an exciting few weeks for us, and we are glad to be back. We really are glad to be back. We're glad to be back together, too. I have to tell you, we... We've been in Europe for about a month, and we we were together for the first part of it. We were speaking on a on a cruise to a whole lot of great grandparents. That was a lot of fun, Linda. And then we were visiting with our three different children who live in Europe at the present time. Our daughter Charity lives in London, and our son Jonah lives in Spain with his wife and five children. Bless their hearts, they're putting those little kids in Spanish schools where they they have to learn Spanish because nobody speaks any English. <laughs> we can talk more about that in a minute, but then we also visited our son and daughter-in-law and their little girl in Switzerland. So we had a lot to do, and we were together for that first part. But then, Linda, you banished me. Let's be honest. You, Linda brought her four daughters and her four daughters-in-law over to Europe for a wonderful gathering of mother and daughters. You're going to have to tell how you funded that in a minute, honey. But you banished me. You said, Richard, you get out of here. No men allowed. Go on home. So I had to come home, and I've been missing you all this time, and you finally have returned. Well, we we really have had an amazing few weeks. Um, I did have a fabulous time ever since. Many years ago, I started thinking, I wonder when our girls started getting married, I thought, have I said enough about how important motherhood is? Um, Do they really know? We've got to talk about this. And so um, I started getting the girls together, and we called our little organization mothers and future mothers of IR Realm. And at the beginning, they were all sort of future mothers except for you. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, I think we had one grandchild or two, but... Um, it was just the very beginning. And then um, it has just grown and grown, and our sons have married amazing women, and we are so grateful that um, we've had a chance to get them all together. Uh, sometimes every year now the kids are getting old enough and their children are getting old enough that we just go every other year. But this is our mega year. This is an epic journey for us. We've been thinking about this for a long time because my ancestors, on my mother's side, you're from Switzerland. My grandmother was born there. And uh, we have a son who married a girl from Switzerland. So it just made perfect sense to take everybody to Switzerland, start um, learning about their ancestors. And um, it really was an amazing now, now, honey, before you go any further, though, you don't want listeners out there saying, well, money bags, Linda, how did she finance that trip? getting her and her eight daughters and daughters-in-law all the way to Europe, so you better explain. Okay, I'll be glad to, because it's all my mother and dad's fault, my cute little mom and dad. Um, Who never seemed to have a nickel. Really, I mean, they, they lived below the poverty line. We did. I didn't realize it at the time. But um, my dad had a little farm, and my mom taught school for 45 years, and piano lessons, a thousand piano students and saved her money and saved her money and 
uh, actually was able to give a little bit to each of our children when she passed away, but she did pass on her. Well, let me just interject. She left you and your sister the house that she lived in, and that was the money that funded this trip. Well, and my dad left a little farm. Right. And uh, we shared that with my sister, but other than that, we I just put it straight into Apple. Well... I put it into a great stock when it, many years ago, and it was really low, and it was a great investment. So, but, I, but I just do want to chime in and thank your mother, because if you listeners had met Linda's mother, just the most wonderful, humble woman, and, and hats off to you, Linda, for saying, look, this little bit of money, which grew into a little more money that really originated with, with Hazel Jacobson, your mother, What's the best use of it? Now, you could have used that to buy a car or to, you know, uh, do something personal. But to your credit, you realize that your mother would be most pleased if that money was used to gather her descendants, her daughter and her granddaughters, to help them discuss with each other how to be better parents and how to be have better marriages and so on. It just reminds me of an old story that some of you listeners have heard about this family that finally got a bonus and they needed two things. They needed a new bathroom desperately, but they also had never been on a family vacation together. And and they just felt like, well, we can't do both. We better do the practical and we better get the new bathroom. But they thought it over and they came up with a new definition of practical. And that was what will last the longest. And believe it or not, they decided that the memories they would form by taking their first family vacation would actually last longer than the new bathroom. And that, that's kind of the decision you made. Yeah, it really is. I just I think my mother would be so pleased, and my sweet dad, too, um, whose birthday just had both of their birthdays are this week. Um, I think they would just be so pleased to know that we have the best time of no, our life. You did have a good time. We went to the little Schmiedrud in Argau, Switzerland, where my great-grandparents and great-great and great-great-great-grandparents were born and raised. Uh, there's a little museum there, and we arranged for some a man to come who knew the history of the whole town forever. And he came and told us all about how, what it was like when they lived there. It, actually, the museum was the school. The school yeah. where they had actually gone to school so as kids, right? We had one little five-month-old baby. The nursing baby still come, and he—they uh, trotted him up and down those stairs where those grandparents would have walked all those years ago, and we just had the most marvelous time. Well, and you know, I just want to say too that the great thing about that trip, knowing you, Linda, and you're too humble to say it, but you—you—you you, you missed no opportunity to engage those daughters of ours and discussions about their own lives and about their own parenting and their own kids. And I mean, when do you have an opportunity like that? And by the way, you listeners who are interested in this, there's a couple of, we got three great blog. We got, they're all bloggers, but I would recommend if you want to see some wonderful pictures of this gathering of nine women and a baby, <laughs> go to Linda's blog, which is irrealm.blogspot.com. Or go to Shawnee's blog, which many of you already know about, 71toes.com, 71toes.com. Or to Charity's blog spot, our youngest daughter, you're going to love the name of her blog, 
drippingwithpassion.blogspot.com. She is. <laughs> she is such a funny girl. And just actually passed, it was her first anniversary yesterday of marriage her to marriage. a great guy, and she's the one that's now living in London. But by, really, the way, by the way, we'll have the producer, Ben, our good friend produces this show, put We'll have him put those three websites up on byuradio.org so you can look at them. Yeah, and our blog, the IRM blog, is mostly what we did before we got to the women. I'm panting trying to catch up, but Shawnee's blog, Setting on Toes, really uh, is halfway through our journey, and it is really kind of fun to see. Well, and I, I think, again, why are we talking about this? This show's not supposed to be a travel log. This is a show on parenting and families, but what could be more important than than purposeful gatherings where you are trying your best to be deliberate and conscientious parents? I mean, that's just the very best thing that you can do. Um, well, I think really the best thing that came out of this is far exceeded my expectations because we had a whole week together. And the best part was this Swiss daughter-in-law who um, we have not um, really known where she lived. We knew she lived in a beautiful place, but we went to her home, with, visited with her sister, her parents, saw the most gorgeous backyard in the world where she was born and raised. And the bonding that went on among those women during those seven days was just quite incredible. Now, there is another side to this story, I have to tell you. Um, picture me at home, having been banished and returned and missing Linda and trying to get along on my own, which I don't do too well. But more extreme, picture these these eight dads or seven dads and one husband who in the family hasn't had children yet, struggling along for a week without their wives and without the mothers of their children and growing more appreciative every single day for those women who were off cavorting with you in Europe. And um, I'm, I'll tell you what, some great reunions happened where some of these husbands said, oh, honey, I never knew how much you did around our house, and I will never <laughs> uh, be taking it for granted anymore. I sure appreciate it. So my, I was praying every night that the dads would make it to the end and none of the kids would get killed or, or lost right. or well, whatever during the time the moms were gone. I think it was especially hard for the one in Spain who um, had just moved there 10 days before. They just found a house and just put the kids in school. They had all new schedules. And then to go without his wife for 10 days and get those kids where they needed to be was um, oh, really yeah. a chore. But... We so appreciated those dads. And, you know, it's amazing. They, The interesting thing is they all got along. I mean, even though there's some differences in uh, personality and so on in those daughters and daughters-in-law, there was not one. Well, idea. that's because of you, Linda. You're such a good, you're such a conciliator and no, you're such a good leader. Great. But I do want to just say one more quick thing on this son and daughter who are living in Spain because I know there would be a lot of curiosity from what we said. This is a unique family. I'm not sure I'd recommend this to anyone else because it's not, not very easy to pull off, but they, they just felt like it was so important for their kids to get out of their bubble and to also have an experience in the world and learn um, another language that they, they just pulled up stakes. And they found this fantastic little town in 
Spain on the coast of the Mediterranean. Um, I think it's called um, um, Beni, Beni Kazem. It's just close to Valencia. And they found a little rental house there that's pretty reasonable. In fact, it's a lot less than what they've rented their own home house for. And so as a result, they uh, they live there and they put these four kids, four of their five kids, right into public schools. Imagine these little brave kids going to a Spanish school when they speak no Spanish. But kids are so adept at languages. We, when we were there, they'd only been in school a week, and they were loving it. If you learn any Spanish words then, they'd start reeling off the words. Well, their learned. little four-year-old said, well, I don't know anything anybody's saying, and the kids just run around like crazy, but I'm really having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a crazy thing. But all we want to say is that after a brief break, we're going to come back, and the title of today's show is, is Traveling to Your Children, which a lot of us have to do as grandparents because our kids and grandkids live far away, and traveling with children, two pretty important subjects. So we'll take a brief break, and then we'll be right back to continue with today's episode of Hires on the Road. Hires on the Road. Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Um, way back. I'm across the world, as you might know if you listened to the first half. You know what they say, one of the one of the two best things about traveling is the excitement of leaving, and the other best thing about traveling is the excitement of coming home. And there is nothing that helps you appreciate coming home and where you live and the beauties of our lives here in this country and in this state than being on the road for a while. So we're kind of glad to be back, aren't we? And uh, we're going to be back for another five hours, and then we're, and then we're going to Japan. <laughs> How does that work? We have had a crazy fall uh, because we haven't even told you yet that after we left Switzerland, we went into Bavaria and the rest of Germany over Amergau where they do the um, – the uh, great play every 10 years. We went to the theater there and saw that. Then we went on up to. Play? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then we went to Salzburg. Uh, we went on the Sound of Music bike tour, 13 miles. I want to How'd say. you do on that without your electric assist bike? I, I did great. I you were Thank wishing you very for much. I bet you were wishing for your electric assist. No, it was pretty much flat. I had to push a couple of times, but oh, um, it was pretty flat. But it was so fun. We just had a ball. We went to all the sites where they made the sound of music in Salzburg. And um, then we heard a gorgeous concert um, by a violinist who was playing a Stradivarius violin and an incredible accompaniment. Right in the room where Mozart used to actually he practice, played with right? his, No, he played with his father oh, his and his brother. Oh, my God. And um, so it was, it was Wolfgang just... Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart played his violin in the very room you were sitting. Yes, that's true. Whoa, the Maribel Palace, and it was absolutely incredible. We had such a great time. I, I, you know, I can't even say. I'm sorry for those of you who <laughs> weren't with us, but we, um, we really did have a marvelous well, time. Well, listen, Linda, they can all go vicariously by just going through your higher realm dot blogspot dot com. Well, I had and, and some of the that. pictures on it will make them wish glad they didn't go because you know it wasn't 
an altogether easy trip. <laughs> no, it was a go, go, go every single day. Um, but we did have our daughter-in-law, a daughter-in-law in Switzerland arrange the um, places to stay in Switzerland, and then another daughter-in-law helped with the German and Austria parts, and so it was. It worked out so great. Now, let me say one. I mean, again, we kind of justify this little bit of a travelogue thing because, after all, the name of this show is Ires on the Road, and part of what we try to do each week is talk about families in different parts of the world and how how they do their parenting and how things work in other societies, other sectors of civilization. And and that ties into something very interesting. We're, we're going on this next trip to Japan. We're leaving tonight, and we'll be speaking at a, a gathering in Nagoya that's focused on balance, work-family balance. And we're going to be able to offer some of our thoughts on on how to balance their lives a little better. And, you know, What's interesting is anytime you hear work-family balance, what people really mean is, how do I do a better job with my family? <laughs> because most of these conferences are, are professional conferences. In other words, they're, they're, they're business people or they're company people or corporate people, and they're not looking for ways to do better in their jobs. They're looking for ways to balance their job and their career with their family. And so our part is to say, hey, you know, Here's how you can do as well with your family as you can with your with your career. But anyway, after that, we're coming back the following week, and we're really excited about what's happening in Salt Lake City from October 27th to October 30th. It's the World Congress on Families. Now, that sounds like a pretty auspicious title, but actually it's exactly what it is. This is an organization that's been going since... 1997, and they've never had their World Conference or their World Congress in the U.S. They've held it in Prague, they've held it in Warsaw, they've held it in Sydney, Australia. They've held it all around the world. This is the ninth uh, Congress or conference, World Conference, and it's the first time that it's been held in the United States, and as luck would have it, Maybe not luck, maybe providence, or maybe a lot of effort by some people, but it's being held right in Salt Lake City at the Grand America Hotel, actually. And it'll be a great conference. It's a great opportunity. If you live within range, you can go any one of those four days, the 27th, 28th, 29th, or 30th, or you can attend all four days. It's pretty reasonable. I think it's $30 to go for a full day of, 10 hours of lectures and uh, presentations and so on. Elder Ballard, a member of the Council of the Twelve Apostles, is giving the keynote address on Wednesday, uh, on, I guess it's Tuesday. We're speaking on Wednesday. We're also speaking on Friday. I don't know why we get two shots, but we do. And it's people from all over the world. You look at the agenda, the, the presenters are from everywhere. I think they'll all speak in English. Maybe they'll have translators for some of them. Yeah, they might. But it's a great opportunity if you want to go. You can. Do you know how much it is for the whole conference? I think if you go to the whole conference and become a delegate, it's $250, which seems a little steep. But um, you also get concerts. The, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir is doing a concert. And the piano guys. Concert. The piano guys. The piano guys, yeah, on Friday in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir on Thursday. So 
look into that. Just just go online and, and World Congress on Families, and you'll pull up all the information. But we, I think we would extend you a personal invitation. We get a lot of people writing and saying, you know, when when will you speak where we could come and hear you? And we usually don't have much to offer because a lot of the speaking we do is to uh, corporate groups or oh, private groups Utah. or it's outside Utah. But we'll be speaking on Wednesday and on Friday at the Grand America Hotel. That's the 28th. Which is my birthday, by the way. Oh my goodness! Birthday and and the thirtieth. So we give you a personal invitation to come down if we've never met you and and meet us and maybe listen to what we have to say and maybe participate in the discussion we're going to try to hold on having stronger families, celebrating commitment, popularizing parenting, and so on. You know, it is really scary. We're grateful to these people because something needs to be done. As many of you know, the family is dying. The concept of family, which seemed impossible in our youth when family, everything revolved around family. And now the world has taken over, and there are so many people that are not having families, not getting married. Um, even if they're com- you know, committed to someone, they're not getting married. Uh, they're not having children. In fact, it was so interesting in Europe when we were walking around villages, little towns in Europe. It was like a ghost town. There was nobody there. And yeah. they're yeah. not replacing themselves. They're not they're having not children. Having like children. They to. And, and they're all working. Very scary things. They're yeah. working, yeah. It is. I mean, I was thinking that in England, Linda, that um, and we love England. As some of you know, we lived there for four years, and it's our second home, but... I'm always a little depressed walking around London because what you see from about 5 in the evening until maybe 8 or 9 at night, even on weekdays, is people in the pubs or standing on the sidewalk outside the pubs drinking beer and just kind of socializing. And, and smoking a, a lot. A lot smoking of smoking stuff, which is surprising. About that. And we're not making a judgment. Maybe yeah. that's a good, maybe that's how people relax and socialize, and that's fine. Yeah. But but I was, you know, thinking, uh, gee, I wish they were home with their families a little more. And then I just want to tell a quick experience that kind of saved the day for me. We were on a double-decker bus in London. We were sitting in the I – I went upstairs because I like to sit at the top of the bus and look out from the front. And next to me was a British dad with his little daughter. And I get emotional thinking. It was such a cute experience. This little girl was – about three years old, with a little British accent, of course, and and they were going past. Uh, we were we were on Fleet Street, and the daddy said, "Now that's where Daddy's office was, right there." The little girl said, "Oh, Daddy's office. I I, I want to go there someday." And they went past another building, and the daddy said, "Now this is where Mummy used to live before Mummy and Daddy were married." And and the little girl said, "Oh, was I living in Mummy's tummy then?" You do well on that person. And the dad smiled and he says, no, 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 no. You weren't living in mommy's tummy until after mommy and daddy met. (laughs) And it was just the cutest conversation. But what really got to me is the little girl looked a little confused and she said, oh, well, where did I live before I lived in mommy's tummy? (laughs) And the dad was kind of, Teared up, and he said, "Well, honey, you before you were in Mummy's tummy, you lived mostly in my imagination." And then he said, "And then he said, 
but you're much more wonderful than you were when you were just in my imagination. Oh, that's such a sweet story. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, parents are, you, you, you can find a lot to criticize, but when it comes right down to it, most of us know that it's these children that count. That's what matters, and that's what we ought to be prioritizing in our lives. Yeah, let me go back just for a moment before we close to these children, uh, Jonah and Asia and Ayer, who are living in Spain. They've been traveling all over. They left their little house in Maui, rented for a year uh, in May, and they've been traveling all over Europe. They went over and bought a chew wagon, which is their dream car, and they have been going everywhere to Sweden and Germany and Switzerland and where England and France and um, sometimes in um, sometimes in lovely homes that people want them to take care of for three or four weeks, which was nice, and sometimes just in on camp in campgrounds. And it was absolutely an amazing experience to debrief with them and see what the kids thought of that. And honestly, they're just amazing kids. They- well, yeah, and I almost hesitate. We we almost hesitate, Linda and I, both of us, I think you'd agree, honey, to tell that story to them because people are like, what? Well, I didn't know that there are that. No one can do that. But, but I guess the thing where the bottom line is whether you are a person who likes to travel with your kids and whether you have to sacrifice to do it, whether you have to have an old car instead of a new car to afford to go on a trip or whatever, that's one model. Others, Other parents are fantastic at teaching their kids about the world just by getting on the internet a lot and by reading, just by finding stories documentaries about places, and documentaries. Wonderful things that we can learn about the world. So so we always feel like we have to mention that, um, you know, we're not here on the radio each week to tell you some specific way to be a parent. Everyone has to develop their own style. But what's fun about what we do and speaking to parents a lot and writing our Deseret News column and so on is that we get a chance to sort of circulate ideas. And and what's important is that we all think a little more about it. What are we doing? What is our goal with our kids? What is our goal with our grandkids? How do we do that? What's our style? How do we try to prioritize our own family? And we don't think people are getting the wrong answers to that question. They're, they're, they're getting the right answer for themselves. The danger is people who don't think about yeah, it right. and who don't have any answer at all. So we wish you the very best. We know a lot of you could add some great stories to the show if you were with us, um, but you're not. So we want to thank you for tuning in, and we will be back again next week with Ayers on the Road. See you then. 